myself off. Brush myself off. DSR Live, a member benefit of AFDR, the Association for Food Service Distributor Representatives. Just in time, reality training, interviews and discussions with food service professionals. Let's talk about prospecting and opening new accounts. Tell me how to prospect and how you do it, you know, and, and what you found that is most successful when you're looking for a new account. And then, and then what do you do first, second, third, specifically uh, on that account? It, maybe before you make a call or when you're making a call, you get online and do your homework, you just stop in and have lunch or pick up a menu. How do you prospect? What's your process? So my sales managers are probably not going to like a couple of the points that I make here. First and foremost for me, Dave, is I've got to like the food and I've got to like the restaurant. It's a pride thing. It's a, it's a, it's something that I that motivates me in the conversation. You know, I'm with you on that. I didn't know that the first two or three years, but as I went on, you're right. After I've you know established uh, you know the, the target that I want to start calling on, uh, I, I just completely inundate myself with as much information about that account as possible. Online, talking to different restaurateurs, talking to their competitors, just trying to find out. What drives that restaurant? What's the personality type of the people that I'm going to be talking with? It, get, gathering as much information as possible. And then I like to go in and do a little bit of recon. I'll go in and have lunch, kind of take a look around the restaurant, take a look for different things, right? See, you know, how is the restaurant being run? How efficient are they? How clean are they? And then I usually like to sit at the bar or somewhere where you know, bartenders are great. Bartenders are the best people in the restaurant because they're always willing to have a good conversation, give you as much information as possible. And that's where I like to ask, is your ownership available or is your ownership here on a daily basis? You know, how do you like your manager, so on and so forth? Because I don't like to have what's called a cold call. And I know that sounds, it sounds corny, but I like to have a warm call. When I come in and officially ask for someone's time, I'd like to know who I'm talking to, what their position is, what type of restaurant this is. And, and that way, the conversation isn't just a, hey, my name's Ryan, I'd like to sell you groceries. It's it's more of a, I know what type of restaurant that this is going to be, and I have a good idea of what I already have in mind to sell them. And so I already have questions in line to get some information to see if I can facilitate a next meeting, right? And that's that's kind of my first call. I do two, I do two things. Is one, whoever it is that I'm talking to that's a decision maker, I know right away whether or not I'll be able to sell this guy or gal. Um, I don't know why that is, but it, it's a personality thing. And, and again, I keep saying this, so much of what we do is, is dealing with people and reading people. And, uh, you know, my sales managers have passed. <laughs> they would get so frustrated. They'd send me in on a lead. I'd meet the guy, and I'd come back and say, that I can't sell him. Or it's not going to work. You might want to give it to another sales rep. Like I said, within a first meeting, I can tell – pretty good whether or not that I'll be able to get this guy on board and do business with me. I also don't want to take up too much time. I want to see if they'll commit to another meeting. If they commit to another meeting, you're 50% there, right? The next meeting, be prepared to ask a lot of questions, take as much information as possible. And uh, I think I think once somebody has committed to and has actually facilitated a second meeting, uh, that account is pretty well ready to be sold. 
when when you go in when you're sitting at the bar and and doing your you know uh, recon right um and talking to the, and I agree with you that's I, I learned that about two years into it too I said bar order I had no money so I'd order a bowl of soup or something and a tea you know and we're not sitting at the bar because we're drinking just so for everybody listening out there we're sitting at the bar because for what Ryan said bartenders sort of tend to know everything that's going on in the place every every server the usually the sales reps that are calling them because they that's usually right. all stop at the bar and stuff like that and in general bartenders if they're any good they they just are they sort of they turn out to be great dsr good bartenders but they know everything and if you tip them yeah. well they'll tell you everything and they're good conversational right? and they're good conversationalists well. right right and you're just sitting there talking and you haven't told them that you're a sales rep yet have you you're just talking to them the bartender you're, you're sitting, just you're right? just talking to them you're just talking to them. So, are you when you leave when you you know say the first time or the second time you're sitting at the bar doing your recon? Are you also in your mind or writing down or with your laptop, looking around, seeing that they use uh, wrapped straws, they use black sip straws? They were, you know, are you writing anything down about what they're using or you know when you get out of there, do you write down? No, not at all. I, I've already gone through the menu, and again, my my mo is always is always the food first. Um, so I've already in my recon taken a look at a menu and, and have a pretty decent idea of what they're using. Um, I've been doing this long enough to I'm I can hit 80% of a food uh, order guide just based on what the menu is. Um, of course, you've always got to go back and forth on brands and so on and so forth. But right. you get a pretty good idea looking at a menu what 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 they're using. Right. So no, my right. my 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 goal is not taking a, an initial inventory while I'm in there. Um, my goal is to find out what type of operation it is, and when I say that, I mean how is it being run? Are are servers attentive? Are servers well cleaned? Are they well groomed? Are the bathrooms clean? Um, or is the place a mess? Right? Because that in and of itself will tell you what type of person you're dealing with and what type of approach you need to take. If you go in and it's a mess and they're not well groomed, they're not well trained and all that stuff, but you like the food or you like the concept or whatever, do you take it on maybe as a challenge as I, this guy needs help and maybe I can help him? Even though you haven't met this guy or this gal yet, right? You, you're just not, going not to yet. Not yet. I'll be very honest with you. My my goal is always first and foremost to get an invoice in a truck. The help will come, but no, my goal is to, to sell product. And then once I get product in place and once I've established a, a bit of trust, then of course, uh, humanity takes over. <laughs> you want to help these people succeed so that they stay in business and they continue buying from you. We're in the process. Do you ask for them to, we need to fill out a credit application, a new account application, whatever you call it. What point in that process? Is it just account by account or gut feeling of where you think you are, or do you have some system that it's, you use? Uh, it's kind of like pulling off a Band-Aid. It's that second meeting, right? So I mentioned my first meeting is just an, is a, hey, how are you? Do you have time to meet with me, right? Most operators that I deal with don't have that time right then and there to sit and talk to you, and I don't expect that. I want to have them set up for a second meeting. It's at that second meeting, absolutely. That's, the, that's one of the first things that I mention is that uh, – you know, it doesn't cost you anything. Uh, we need to get an account set up um, in order to start facilitating sampling, so on and so forth. 
I like to use, uh, you know, the computer system is really good right now. I need to have an account set up to start a, uh, a pricing profile for you. Again, that shows intent. If the operator is willing to take the time, you know, whatever it is, 15, 20 minutes, and fill out your, your new account form, your credit app, whatever you want to call it, then that shows intent, right? If the guy goes back and forth and just does not want to set up an account, well, you know what, then it might not be that he's interested in buying from you. But if somebody has a legitimate consideration to purchase from you, they'll set up that account. How long do you call on an account up before you stop if you really want them? Oh, God, I've called on accounts for three years. <laughs> I just opened one in the middle of COVID that I had called on for a solid five years because I wanted wow. that piece of business. Now, I'm not, I'm not in there every single week. But I stop by every two, three weeks so they know who I am and they know that I'm interested in doing business with them. It depends on the account and it depends on, on if you know you're going to sell that person or not. And I knew that I was going to do business with this, this group one day. And uh, I wanted the business. I want the business. So uh, five years. I think that's the longest I've ever called an account is five years. I think it was three years for me. But I, when I asked the question for everybody listening, is that so many people, when we interview operators, uh, Ryan, uh, I always ask them, hey, so when a sales rep calls, when you make that first call, right, on you and you actually talk to them, they're out of five sales, how many of them come back? And less than one come back, DSR. That's why I'm asking them, like, they give up. So many DSRs give up on that first call because of that interaction. Now, like you said, you, you figure on that first call that 80% of the time you know whether you're on your business or not. And maybe that's why they don't come back because, they don't like the person, the personality or whatever. But I say give it at least two or three you know, chances. But most operators say they don't come back. I like I the guy, but he didn't come back. I think the average that, that I shoot for, and, and it was just a, a figure that was given to me years ago, was, was 12 calls. 12 calls. Yeah. 12 weeks, one quarter. Um, is, is typically how long it takes to proactively call on a customer and bring them on board. You know, and the way, you know, back, back in the old days, I remember it was, it was three, accounts, three accounts per quarter, 12 per year. You'd be a pretty decent DSR. If you're proactively calling on 12, so that's 12 pieces of business if you open one a month, right? You got time to do that. <laughs> you know, because it's never, it's not like a solid 12 this week, but of course with the attrition rate of accounts coming and going, you've got to have something in your pipeline, right? So you're always adding, you're always subtracting. But no, if you have the time to call on your accounts on a weekly basis, especially if it's something that you want and you're visualizing being part of your uh, territory, yeah, 12 times, 12 times. Yeah, I like it. What percentage of your customers place their orders online? 50%. Okay. So my program business uh, is all online, and then I have a few uh, multi-unit street accounts that are online as well. Over the years, working with other sales reps and riding with them, and even people hire me to you know help you get to another level, right? Whatever level that is. And what, one thing I found with most sales reps that are having a problem getting to the next level or to even get more business, next level, just more business, right? Was the same problem that I had in my first two years, right? Um, working with the people you were your peers and your colleagues, you know, inside people, your routing manager, credit manager, you know, customers. I was growing business like crazy, right? I was getting new accounts all the time, but I, I found it hard to get orders filled uh, out of stocks, you know, uh, getting my routes and stops and stuff in the right order, or whatever. 
And finally, you know, somebody like grabbed me by the face mask and like, hey, you know, dude, you know, you treat people like crap in here. If you treat them a little different, um, you probably get better results. So I find that a lot of sales reps that are good sales reps but are having problems getting to the next level had the same problem that I had was how they treat people that they work with. Work with your peers and colleagues, Ryan. Have you changed over the years or has it always been good for you or is that even important? Absolutely. When I when I first started uh, with with Benny Keith Company seven years ago, it was a, it was an opportunity for me to to kind of restart my career, if you will. I worked for one of the large uh, one of the large national competitors, and I did everything on my own, hundred um, percent. I battled pretty hard in the in the, the the purchasing side. I battled real hard with credit. I wanted to grow. I wanted to take my business on another level. And, you know, one of the things in my last role, I was a sales manager. And uh, the same sales manager that I always refer to, one of his big quotes was, is he had, you never, you, you, you won't ever know how much you underpaid yourself until you've been a sales manager and you go back on the street. And so starting over again and wanting to grow my business to the next level, I had to sell better on the inside. Right, I, I had to start uh, utilizing my resources uh, where I could because you know, right now I've got a very healthy territory, and I just don't physically have enough minutes in the day to do every single thing that I need to do to be that guy for my prospects and my customers without the help of my purchasing team, without the help of my specialists. Um, so no, I, I have to use every resource available in order to heck just to maintain where I'm at right now. Um, and it was it was a it was a hard thing to do. Um, I'm I'm pretty uh, obsessive compulsive to a degree, and I, I'm very uh, much uh, a control freak in terms of of how my day runs and and how I take care of my customers. So I was a, it was a little bit of a learning curve um, to be able to trust other people with what I need to have done. Um, but as long as you have a good team on your side, yeah, the sky's the limit. And uh, I have a fantastic team on my side. So it does make a difference how you treat the people on the inside. A hundred percent, yes. For all those sales reps listening out there, if you're having a problem getting to another level and you, you're making the calls, you, you know, you're selling a lot of line items to each customer and things like that, but you're just, you know, it's just not growing the way you want, you might want to look in the mirror. How are you treating everybody that's in your circle, if you will, everybody, and not just your customers. Tips for greenhorn. A couple tips for greenhorns that might be at this place. Maybe maybe nine, twelve months in, and I'm thinking, man, I really like this. It's this action. It fits my personality. Learn, but my gosh, I still don't know the products. And geez, this job is like, you know, it's like crazy. But I like it. But I don't know if I want to continue doing it or not because. It's so crazy. I'm being maybe reprimanded, not opening enough new accounts. My AR is a little messed up, and, and you know, I, I don't know my products. Is it worth it, Ryan, to, to keep going in this profession? You know what I would tell these guys, and I have told these guys, is is, is stay positive, right, and and continue to learn, continue to learn, because so much. I keep falling back on, on the, the, the personality, right, reading people and dealing with people. Um, the more confident you are in yourselves, that comes off when you're speaking to your clients, right? And it's, it's uh, you know, you and I, we started talking about sports before we got started. Right. And one of the things I, I tell my daughter all the time is, is, is that winning is contagious, right? You've got to get a couple of wins in, and they become easier and easier. And it's the same in sales, right? You, you've got to have a little, not too much swagger in your walk and your talk, but you've got to gather some, some wins uh, in order for that to continue, 
So be positive. Continue to learn. Continue to just absorb as much information as you can that you can take not only to help your customers, but to put in your ammo belt and make you more confident in the way you're presenting yourself, your company, your product lines, your services, all of it. It takes time. It takes time. It takes, it takes some losses. It takes some wins. Um, but if you, if you persevere through and you keep trying, you, you know, what do they say? You get up, dress up, and show up. You, know, you live that mantra every day. It, it'll happen. It'll happen. Yeah, if you don't lose, you didn't even try to win. Well, I look at it, right? You don't take a shot, you don't have a shot. You, yeah, you're going to lose. My favorite athlete is Wayne Gretzky, and I, I'm going to slaughter his quote, but uh, 100% of every shot not taken won't go in, and, and that's right. the truth. Winning is contagious. What Ryan said, right, is that one thing that I've learned over all the years, the people, whether you're operators or inside, you know, people you work with, they like doing business with a professional. They like doing business with a winner. Tips for veterans. Been doing it for 7, 9, 10, 12 years, right? And through this COVID, oh, my gosh, you know, geez, how do I stay motivated and want to keep doing this? It's been it's crazy, filling the outs and trying to find different products. And any tips for, to motivate me tomorrow morning to get up and want to keep doing it? It's the same thing I motivate myself with every day, Dave, is, is I mean, it's, I'm a veteran sales rep, and this is this has been hard. Um, it, it, I guess dealing with change, change is good. Learn, don't stop learning. Uh, be a steward of your business. You know, it, you got to change with the times. You got to change with your clientele base. You got to change with what restaurant service types are are, are popular now. Um, and all of that comes with con, you know continually learning. Scour the whatever resources you use, internet. Uh, is what I use. Uh, just know what the business is doing, what the industry is doing. Staying in front of people, right? Because again, I keep going back to this is a people business, but communicating with a new chef versus an old guard chef is a very different thing. It's a very different style. Um, so just make sure that you're 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 open to the change and you're constantly learning and absorbing everything that's going on and um, applying that to your sales tactic. At the end of the day, we're doing the same thing just in a different setting. Um, we're still putting cases on the truck. We're still earning the respect and trust of our customers. Um, you know, we're still cutting a profit. Uh, it's, it's the same uh, as we were doing 30, 40 years ago, just with different tools and a different landscape. Managing your AR from when you started to what we're doing now, is there a system that you use? I... You know, I was the worst. <laughs> I was no, the I worst. was the worst. No, I and, was the and, worst. And not, you know, it was it was actually a decision that uh, you know I made, and it was made for me. Um, I had uh, a very significant write-off a couple of years ago, and uh, it hurt. It, it really did. And so I, I made a uh, you know I put my big boy pants on and decided to trust in the system. Uh, we're a very conservative company for a reason, and so. I, you know, we all, we, no matter if you want to look at it or not, every time you open up your laptop and you key an order, most of the systems are all the same and you see exactly what's out there. Um, don't run away from it. Ask for the money, get paid. It's, uh, we're, we're, we are doing a service. Um, we are professional salespeople. We're not professional visitors. Um, I, I've just decided to make it a non-issue. I, I don't have any qualms approaching a large customer or a small customer, letting them know that this is what you owe, this is when it's owed, and it needs to get paid.
And uh, those are some, it, it, it was more, I think it was a tougher conversation for me than it was for the customer, to be very honest with you. You know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. Uh, some of these were, you know, the write-off that I had, we saw it coming. Uh, there's things that I could have done better to, I guess, maybe keep it from getting as, as large as it was by having some honest, tough conversations with that particular customer. Because at the end of the day, none of this works. None of this works unless those groceries get paid for. <laughs> so, you know, I guess tips is is keep your finger on the pulse. If there are signs out there that we all know, pay attention to those signs. And and don't let the sale blind you on, on what needs to be done. At the end of the day, this is a business. And uh, yeah, all parts of that business needs to work for it to work for us. You know, it's how we make a living. It's our, that's how our companies stay uh, in business. Truck drivers. How important are drivers, and how do you manage and work with drivers? And maybe some of the things that you might say might help other people help retain some of the drivers, because right now it's a huge problem, worse than I've ever seen it. You know, one of the things, a new customer, uh, you know, part of my spiel is uh, you're only going to meet really two people from my company, and that's going to be me and my driver. Uh, so, yes, the, the driver is extremely important. You know, that's a tough one, Dave. Uh, respect, I think, is, is the most important thing that all of us need to have for, for everyone in the world. Um, and I think that's one of the things that maybe our truck drivers don't get shown enough of. Um, the guys that, that, that feel that their, their work is valued tend to stick around and do the best, right? Is there anything else that you want the industry, other sales reps, manufacturers, brokers, anybody to know? That Just be positive. Take care of people. You know, we are in the hospitality business. That's what we do. Yeah, we're putting groceries on the truck and we're, we're, we're making a profit. But at the end of the day, uh, you got to be nice to one another and, and do it in a hospitable manner for it to work um, because it's, this is a people business. Be a resource and sell something. 